is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. All right, well, welcome everybody to the Schaefer Baseball Report number 61. Going to finalize the, uh, the past three weeks in Cary, North Carolina. We're going to talk about embarrassing moments of players that were MLB players, but people didn't even know we were MLB players. And um, just what it all took place, uh, the Home Plate Gala is coming up for You Deserve a Chance Foundation. So um, we hope you stay tuned and listen to the Schaefer Baseball Report right after these words from our sponsors. This segment of today's podcast is brought to you by EA Sports Fields. EA Sports Fields provides professional athletic field construction, design, renovation, and maintenance for all levels of play. Former professional groundskeeper for over 20 years, they provide a unique perspective regarding your playing surface. You've heard of the five tools of baseball? EA Sports Fields excels in the five tools of providing an exceptional playing surface for players, owners, groundskeepers, fans, and your community. To learn more about EA Sports Fields, find them on Facebook at EA Sports Fields Incorporated or visit www.easportsfields.com. All right. Well, here we are. We're going. Uh, we're going into number sixty-one. Isn't that? Um, is that the movie with the Roger Maris movie? That's it with an asterisk. Billy Crystal was sixty-one, didn't he? When he when he, I, I believe so. He, well, does that make him a big leaguer? No. Will Farrell certainly not. Will Farrell's got more time than Billy Crystal does. So Garth Brooks too. Garth Brooks has got some time. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. what about a guy that gets two thirds of an inning in the big leagues? Big leaguer. Big league or just the guy that played in the big leagues? You're a big leaguer. Really? Yeah. Well, if you if you were uh, if you were marine and the first time you went out you got shot, you were a marine, right? Well, good point. Good point. Okay. So do you make your bio say I pitched two thirds of an inning? Or do you no, like- I, I I struggle with this, and I we, we've it's been that way since I've been here. I, I mean, I I got to play in the big leagues, but I don't feel like a big leaguer. You don't? You know? Uh, no, Why? I was I was a triple A guy, man. I I was on the shuttle at best. Do you get a check? Do you get pension? Will you get pension? Yeah. So you're a big leaguer. I said, okay. Well, then a, a lot of people can be big leaguers. Hey, everybody out there, you can be a big leaguer too if I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's two of us sitting at this table. I can say that. And, you know, we, we, we shocked them. But talking about big leaguers, so, um, you know, it's pretty cool when we're, when we're in carry because it, you, you see a lot of guys that we either played with or – uh, played against along the way. That kids are coming through the system now, right? So their dads watching their watching their boys. And, yeah, uh, Doug Creek out there. Creek. Saw McGuire out yep. there. Sheffield was out there the week yep. before. Yep. Uh, uh, Greg Olson. Olson. Greg Olson yeah. uh, was there. Uh, the yeah. Yep. The not, not your the, 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 the reliever. The reliever. Yeah. The, yeah, the reliever. Greg they had ten years. He's yeah. he's O L S O N. Yes, O N. Yeah, he's O N. So yeah, we had we had a son Ryan. He was with uh, the uh, Orioles quite a bit, right? Orioles, Dodgers. He made he made the journey. He got, he he was um he was a budding superstar coming up, right? I mean, and then he got hurt, and then he became that kind of journeyman um, that filled innings that came out of the pen, did a good job out of the pen. But we, we he stayed in our hotel, and uh, it was great. It's good talking to guys like that, you know, that we've had, you know. Um, similar experiences or been through the processes, you know, the game, you know, at a similar time. And it, it all comes back to the guys saying, you know, the game is just different. And it's difficult for those guys to watch. So I'm starting to think, I'm wondering if the old timers, when, when we were playing, were thinking the same thing, that the game's changed so much and it's tough for them to watch. I, I can't imagine it's not. I, you know, it's the same, it's the same old, you know, 
story, you know, teenagers. You know, right. every every adult group looks at teenagers and goes, "Oh, teenagers!" Right? right. It's been that way since the since the beginning of time. So I imagine it's it's probably a pretty similar thing. But like, you know, you sit there and you watch the game with your with your boys, or mm-hmm. I sit there and watch the game with my boys. Um, and this is the only game they know, so they don't have that. They don't have something right. to reference it again. So, if if they love the game, they just love the game. It is what it is. Yeah. So I'm um, sitting on the concourse of the stadium field, and by the way, McGuire is like Andrew's Andrew One Tools uh, Two Tool boy, boyhood idol. He had like a locker in his in his room that said McGuire on it. When I was like eight yeah. years old, yeah, number twenty five. Yeah. That's pretty. cool. And pictures yep. of Mac with no shirt on. And stuff. I wrote. Yeah. I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a paper in college um, <clears throat> defending McGuire being a Hall of Famer. Was, and you were a pro. I'm, I, I was. If there's, if anybody's going to go in from yeah. that era, who's got the, the those links, yeah. that it's McGuire, not Sosa. I, I would say McGuire first. I mean, I would too. I would say McGuire first. I mean, you know, you, you once you once you open the, the 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 box, the Pandora's box, and you get, you know, there's a lot of right. guys that could go in, but right. McGuire would be the first just because of how important that time was for rebuilding baseball after the strike and 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 getting it back in the forefront. So him and Sosa were the were the tandem that did that. They, yeah, they were yeah. they were the and I, I mean I think you know McGuire, you know I think McGuire was the bigger star of the mm. two. I yeah. say that with air quotes. Uh, was a bigger star of the two, and so you know, before before I would put in a Bonds or before I would put in some of these guys that came on a little bit later. I mean, those are the two guys that save baseball. If you're gonna if you're gonna sure. go with the steroid guys, which I'm still not, you know, I'm, I'm right. not sure I'm I'm good with the steroid guys going in. But if you're gonna go with the steroid guys, then that's where I would start. You know, it's interesting because you know you look at Mac now, and I talked to him, you know, briefly. You know, we played a little bit together in in Oakland, um, and then played against him for you know four other years. Uh, and when they called him to testify, you know, with Palmero and uh, I think Schilling was one of them that was there too. Kurt Schilling might have been another guy Clemens, that went the Clemens. Um, you know, McGuire just kept pleading the fifth. You know, mm-hmm. and if you could, you could see if if you know the guy, and, and I don't say like I know him, know him, but I knew him enough to know that he was a good guy, right? Mm-hmm. And that he kept pleading the fifth, and he, he almost like saw it in his face. Like I just want to, I just want to tell people, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry. You know. But the advice was, you know, no, don't say a word because you'll probably incriminate yourself even more if you do. But I watched um, uh, what was the, the Biogenesis um, Netflix this past week. It was pretty cool with with Tony Bausch, the guy that was the guy that right. The, he was that, a South Florida guy. He was a South Florida guy. Right. Um, interesting, you know, he wasn't really a doctor. His dad was a doctor, and he used the whole thing. But you know, the one that the one that really you know, and it, it was probably based around his relationship with A-Rod, but, you know, A-Rod just flat out freaking lied, man, you know, and... There's, I tell you what, there's three guys, there's three guys that I have real problems with. The other guys, you know, you almost can can, can kind of say, hey, you were a product of the generation, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, it just kind of was what happened. But there are three guys, A-Rod, Ryan Braun, and Melky Cabrera. Yeah. Went to another level with the lies that they told. I mean, mm-hmm. they cost people jobs and they, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. You know, Melky Cabrera had the fake website that he had put up right. to, to try to, you know, create the facade. And then Braun getting the drug testing guy fired. And, then, and you know, A-Rod getting, you know, getting people fired. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know it, was, it was kind of those guys I, I have an additional problem with. Yeah. You know, it's one of the, I mean, I guess everybody's culpable everybody's guilty to an extent that participated but those guys went above and beyond in my opinion yeah I, when i you know when i was in seattle um 
I didn't. I didn't see it when I was in Chicago that first year. When I got to Seattle, I didn't. I never saw it. You know what I mean? And I, I, I obviously I was in a situation where if I wanted to, I could have. You know, I just I didn't want to. You know what I mean? Because it was right in the beginning, and I'm not giving myself any like oh because it was right in the beginning you didn't do it. Um, I just don't like needles. First of all, <laughs> you know I freak out and I like I pass out. Um, but it was right. It was right. It was right in the beginning, and you could see. You could see players morphing into different things you saw lenny dykstra you saw um you know you know and i don't want to throw you know a ton of names out there but you just saw guys changing Mm -hmm. right in front of your eyes and then you go to spring training the next year and these guys are competing against you for your job and you're the same little dude that was there the year before and these guys are you know banging walls and you know and, and it's changed so it's i can't say that i never thought about it I honestly, you know, I honestly had to think about it, but I tried natural, you know, creatine, yeah, or, stuff like you know, that. I mean, like you that. know, or whatever was over the counter. You know, I mean, I just tried to do it that way, and I, I wonder sometimes if if I did, if I would have had another year or two out of it. There were there were three guys that I was around in my early years, and I wasn't I wasn't buddy buddy with them, and I wasn't even on the same level, right. you know, minor league wise as them. You know, these guys are uh, right there on the cusp. You know, or, or, you know, they had some time in the big leagues. And uh, going into my first camp, you know, having a, an idea of what they look like and then seeing them come into that next spring training, like when it's like it was their time. Right. There were three guys that I was like, yeah, that's different. That, you know, they came in different this year. And yeah. it's not just like I'm in the, you know, the best version of myself. It's like this, this guy came in different. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I mean, one of the things, it, it wasn't running rampant through clubhouses. Like, you know that's a misconception. Right. Like, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't right. like you could yeah. just. Everybody's like, like walking in the bathroom and get injected in the ass, and yeah, it wasn't no. happening like that at all. No, that was. Yeah, that wasn't the case at all. It was. It was more like you know you would see it in spring training. You'd come back right. after spring training and yeah. you'd see somebody who had uh, who had enjoyed the off season. You know, playing winter ball in sure, Mexico. Yeah. They come back yeah. from playing in Mexico, yeah. and all the rice sudden, and beans made them big. <laughs> yeah, that the, didn't happen. You're 20 pounds heavier, and it's all muscle. Yeah. And, you know, you get your your neck is bulging out and. It, well, so when when I was in Oakland with McGuire, I mean, he was massive, you know. I mean, and you know, obviously Canseco had been it was gone at that point, and you know, I, Jose had no problems telling everybody everything that he did, you know, on and off the field. But you know, McGuire was big, but he's still a big dude. He's still a big man. He was a big man going into right. USC. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was you know eighty four Olympic team. Yeah. I mean, he was a big human being to start with, yeah. and then you know you put another. You know, ten percent or fifteen percent on that frame, and you're talking about a monster of muscle. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, he did have the frame to do it. So yeah, and he, he knew how to work out too. It wasn't like he just did right, it; it was just right. sat around. Like he, you know, he knew how to he knew how to yeah, use it to his advantage. Yeah, and then Bonds jumped in on it, and you know, it, it all changed. But so he was. I was sitting on the concourse at the stadium, and he was about three seats down from me. Um, it's sitting in the stadium. His son was pitching. Pretty good pitcher. Pretty good arm. Because he's a driveline kid. You know, just how... You ever see those guys? It's just, you know, they straight down the mound and they, you know... So he was... But he... I, just yeah, nice just a splitter. quick side note. Um, McGuire went into USC, recruited as a pitcher. As a pitcher, yeah. yeah. Ripken was drafted as a pitcher. Yeah. And said, let me play a position until I can't do it anymore. And how many? 2,163 games later or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, so I'm sitting there, and McGuire is down in front a few rows, and this woman comes up to me, and she says, I know this probably happens to you you know, often, but could you really do me a favor? And I'm like, okay, what is this, what is this all about? And she said, my mom 
loved you when you were in Oakland, you know, and you're, you know, she was a big fan and she was always there. And she described her mom and her mom was a lady that she always painted a face. She had the, the Oakland A's earrings on. And I remembered her more when I was with Seattle than, than anywhere else because she'd go in and she was always there, right? And I said, I remember your mom. She says, oh, that's unbelievable. You know, will you do a video, you know, and say hello to my mom? She's in a nursing home. So I'm like, sure, I'll do this video. And uh, so, you know, she's videotaping me and I'm saying, hey, you know, I heard you're, you know, you're in a home and you're rehabbing on some stuff. Hope you get better. Yada, yada, yada. Go A's, you know, like that. And, uh, and as I sit down, it dawns on me that this woman thinks I'm Mark McGuire. Well, yeah, look at you. <laughs> I know, I'm juiced <laughs> up, you know. I mean, so, so I, tell, I tell Pete Sinopoli, who's sitting next to me, I'm like, Pete. I think this woman thinks I'm Mark McGuire, right? Because, ha, ah, you know, Pete, Joe Negative. <laughs> right? No. So um, five minutes later, she comes back, and she so shows me a text that her mother had sent back saying, oh, Mark, that was like one of the nicest things you could ever do, and I loved you, and, you know, da-da-da. And I'm like, I said, you know, ma'am, I hate to tell you, but, you know, I did play in Oakland for, you know, for about a month, you know. Um, I was with the A's, but... I'm not Mark McGuire. That's Mark McGuire. <laughs> so, so I, so I go down. I said, sit here. So I go down. And I tell and I tell Mac. I said, I said, dude, you're not gonna believe this. <laughs> and basically, he was like, no, I don't believe that. So I tell him the story, and and you know, he was he was kind enough to go ahead and, and do a video and, and take care of it. But that was like, oh man, that's happened to me. I can't tell you how many different times. I was in Chicago as a non-roster invite coming out of the clubhouse one day. My first big league camp at the White Sox. And uh, they used to have the, you know, both sides was like a narrow little walkway. And they had fans on both sides. So this guy goes, oh, oh will you, you know, will you sign my ball, sign my ball? And I'm like, sure, not a problem. So I grab his ball. He goes, oh, Mr. Smalley, that's the best. That's, this is the greatest day. And I'm like, I'm not Roy Smalley. <laughs> Snaps the ball out of my hand before I can even sign it. <laughs> and then I'm in, I'm in, I'm getting loose. This happened to me often, but I'm getting loose in, in, in Seattle. I was in yeah, I think we were in Seattle, and I just, you know, just gotten up, and and uh, person's like, "Hey, Schaefer, Schaefer, you know, you know, hey, um, can you get Griffey to sign my ball?" Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, I had, I had that. I, I think I may have told you this story before, but I was walking out after my first uh, big league start with the Braves, and this lady's doing the same thing, right? You know, she's leaning over. She's like, "John, John, can I get a picture?" And I was like, it's "Great, yeah, awesome." <laughs> and uh, I start walking over there, and and she puts her arm around John Smoltz and hands me the camera. No kidding. I swear to God, that's classic. I, I was like, "Oh, that's classic." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I thought I thought she was talking to this John. She Did Smoltz ever bring that up to you again? Was I, it a big? No, I just like, I went opened, in the I corner. Just, yeah, I was like, oh god. Absolutely. I, I hope know, I know how to work this phone. I saw, I ran into him in a restaurant uh, maybe a year or two later when I was dating when I was dating my my now wife, my current wife. Yeah, your current <laughs> wife, your only wife. But I, and uh, we walk in and uh, and he sees me and and uh, and I see him and he's standing there and he's like and he you know he hey how's it yeah. going and he gives me a big handshake and and I introduce it to Anna to him or whatever and I was like you know you know feeling feeling good or whatever yeah. and then i'm sitting there replaying it the whole time and i was like he never said my name dude. yeah he doesn't he didn't know he knew me but he yeah. didn't know where yeah. from and i was like that's that's fantastic i was with the tigers at the time yeah, that's like at ricky henderson ricky henderson must have played with everybody in the big how can he even ricky struggles to remember his own name you know there's a great story about john allroot and him and Henderson? Yeah, so he gets on. He, so he was, uh, you know, he played with Olerud in uh, Toronto and right. New York. 
and I can't, I don't remember wh- which order it was, but the the second time they had played together, he sat down next to Olerud on the on the bus in spring training. He was like, I played with a guy who used to wear a helmet just like you on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, John yeah. Olerud was like a batting Listen, champion. Ricky like, had no clue who was around him or what was around him. It was all about Ricky. Oh, that's fantastic. Ricky being Ricky. So, but we had a good good three weeks didn't yeah. we Andrew yep solid it, it was, it was a one good... smooth actually just the last week had some rain and Claire did a phenomenal job <laughs> really good job she deserves uh, you know a, a big uh, big kudos for how she handled everything that last week was a little bit tough with the weather but I think the whole format and everything flowed better mm-hmm. than, it, than it ever has yep and uh, and you and you got to coach you yeah. got you got you got some head coaching experience yeah. head coach at uh, the 16 new stripes this last week <clears throat> we had a, we had a better record than you. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, well, so did a, we. I, we went three and one. Yeah, yep. well, you guys, we both did. I was in the ship. I was in the championship, <laughs> boys. So, you know, what do you call it when you when you back into something? Is, is it, backing into something. Oh, you back. Into it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Andrew's in the Andrew. We're we're playing the. Uh, I guess it was game three. No, game two. Yeah, it was game two, and Andrew's in our dugout. He came over from his game, and he's. He's calculating run differential. You can't give up two runs. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, and we came down to one run, didn't yeah, we? Came down. We to had one bases run. loaded and two outs, and um, Andrew's like, before the inning started, he's like, "Oh, you guys got it made. No, no big deal. As long as you don't give up any more runs or whatever." Like, okay, bases loaded. Here we go. Here comes one. Here comes two. And we had Reed, who Reed Bertram was throwing. Reed was just shoving, and then all of a sudden, the kind of you know, a wheel fell off here, and a, you know, next thing you know, we were like, okay. It's, you know, it gets to the point. I love it for the kids. You know what I mean? Because they're a group of kids that just come together. They don't know each other. They haven't played with each other. They're, they're forming their own opinions, and you know, they're, they're up on the top of the step. You know, they, you know, they're after it. They're, yeah. It was, it was a lot of the fun. The first day is real quiet. First day yeah. is real quiet, and then the next day you get there, and all of a sudden guys are bagging on each other. And then the, the oh, third yeah. day, the third day, I mean, it's 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 go time. Like, I think all I think all three weeks, Andrew, we had we had good group of kids. I mean, we, I, I never I've never had a bad group of kids, you know. But there's always one kid that you kind of migrate to that just seems to be the the catalyst. I think Alvarado and those guys. Um, uh, when we were in uh, with the fourteens, mm-hmm. you probably Fancher. And Fancher was my man. Yeah, yeah Fancher, Fancher was, was my man. Good, he's man. a Mississippi kid, just uh-huh. you know. And he's and he, he's he's like one of our players that we have here. That just hello, thank you, very you know, like just genuinely like a good person, but like a hell of an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like this kid. Okay, so you want to see him in the lineup every day, um, and it, it was fun. You know, the, t- the toughest part for that, I think, is on. Um, on workout day, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, that that part right there stresses me out a little bit because you know, you know, there's kids that show up there that are better players and what they perform while they were there, mm-hmm. and um, and they don't, and the task force is making the final decision even though we're you know we're submitting some names, you know, and there's disappointment, um, you know, in the process. You know, I I did I did tell the parents I said, you know, in the beginning I like to get them ahead of time and prep them for what's coming or what might not be coming. And everybody looks at it as like, okay, you know, I always talk about opportunity and experience, right? You got you to balance the two because when it's all said and done, you know, down the road, they're going to talk about being at USA Baseball. They're not going to talk about losing the championship game three to one. So, you know, but the opportunity for these where parents are missing the boat is that opportunity comes just by playing the game. You get the opportunity to get better, right? And then they're seeing different competition. And we saw good arms all week. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but... I mean, we we saw some we saw some really good arms. You no, know, I saw we saw a mixed bag. We saw yeah. some really good arms, and then we saw some mediocre arms, and then you know you, saw, you see a couple of guys throwing an inning or two that that really pitchers, aren't pitchers. Yeah. yeah, 
But um, you know, so the kid, you know, I wanted the families to understand that you know that even if if you don't get a ticket, you're supposed to be disappointed, you know, because you didn't, you know, either you didn't perform or you thought you performed good enough, and they, you know, they oversaw, they overlooked you. But you know, the opportunity to get on the field and get better—that's that's the part that people miss because everybody says, "John, when we go on the road and, it's, and it's, they say it's a showcase event, we go on the road and there's no recruiters there, right?" So the parents are all like, oh, there's nobody here, man. There's no opportunity. The opportunity is for the kid to play another game, to experience more baseball, and get better. Mm-hmm. It's a law of averages. It's a law of averages. You know, you go, you go out there 100 times, you know, 30% of the time you're garbage, 30% of the time you're great, yep. you know. But you got to keep getting better and keep keep pushing forward and keep you know you keep grinding. You know we were talking about grinding earlier. You got to keep grinding. It's not, you know, the showcase thing. You 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 brought that up, so I'll I'll jump on that. The the showcase mentality is is um, it it's deceitful. You know you see a lot and and and, and I've seen it in the seven years or so that I've been doing this. I see some players that are absolutely fantastic showcase. Mm-hmm. players i yeah. mean they show up and they go through the workout and they look fantastic and then you get on the field and you see a kid that is just a mental midget yeah. you know they don't know how to grind they don't know how to battle you know one thing doesn't you know they're not facing bp anymore so you know they go and you know they have a tough at bat or a pitcher makes some pitches on them they're done for the they're done for the day in games now you know and and, and i think you're starting to see some of that at the at the major league level even you know a lot of these guys came through this you know that are the younger players they went through their showcases their whole life, and you're seeing guys that just flat out don't grind. Yeah, you know they don't have the grind in it. If they don't feel a hundred percent, they can't go. You know everything's got to be perfect. Everything's got to be you know just right, and, it, and that, that's not the reality of the game. And so you know you see some of these guys that have amazing showcases. I was a kid a couple of years ago who, I mean every time he pitched for me, I you know I wanted to you know I wanted to go behind the dugout and throw up. It was mm-hmm. just it was awful. But boy, you put him in you know with no batters. In a showcase environment, and he could light up that radar gun, mm-hmm. and then you get out there in a ball game, and guess what? He's going to throw forty pitches in an inning. And he's at a D one school. Uh, and he is now. Yeah, you know he 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 started he started a D one school, got bounced, uh, mm-hmm. played some junior college ball, mm-hmm. and uh, went back up there. And same thing though, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of look inside inside the box score, you know, and you can see where the success is at. And it's in throwaway games. It's in late inning games oh, yeah. where the game's out of hand. And then you look at the games where he's you know, pitching, he's starting the game, you know, so everything's kind of riding on, you know, him getting the team off to a good start. And what do they do? They do exactly what you've seen them do. Mm-hmm. They go out there and they, they crap the bed. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I, we, we, the first game that we played, I, I've, and even with our showcase, and I hate that term, but even even with our, our teams, the 2021s that I had this year, I don't think we got beat by anybody. I think we beat ourselves along the way. Um and so we throw games away. To me, that's throwing that's throwing games away. Like if you're going to go out and beat us, then beat us. So we got beat. We got beat in the in the championship game three to one. These guys they made four web gems in the game yeah. that would just like would have put guys on third base. Fancher hit the ball at the left fielder just he's running backwards and just and just throws his glove over his head and it goes in it. Second baseman made two unbelievable plays and the shortstop made a great play. So we would it would have put us. One would have definitely scored a run. One would have put a guy on third as his leadoff man with with no outs and. Um, Think we would have been in a little bit more, but that's that's you know they didn't throw the game away. You know what I mean? They played solid D. Um, they got a couple timely hits. Nothing you know, nothing that blew us apart. I like playing the wood bat. I like playing the wood bat because you know if you're going to bang the ball, you got to be strong. Mm-hmm. You know, and it changed, and the wind was blowing straight in. So 
it was it was a good clean it was a good clean game and you know the pitchers did fine uh, you know our pitchers did fine we had to hook one in the second and go to uh you know go to Stouffer but it was it was it was good baseball I think the umpires were great the this week the umpires week. really did a good job I mean it's rare that you see that many teams in one place and that many umpires and you get that consistent of a job from across the board yeah we got good clean consistent strike zones you know there was yeah. there was no Weird, you know, punch out calls, and, right. or you know, everything was pretty clean. No dancing know? after the third strike. No, like, Hoo-hoo! no, nothing. No. <laughs> it, it was pretty clean. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you mm-hmm. see some of those kids, though. You see some of those kids that are just they're 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 just made for you know showing up at a showcase yep. and going through a workout. Yeah. And then you see some, you know, some kid, some assuming looking kid, and he gets out there and he'll just rip your throat out when he yeah. gets a chance. Well, those are the grinders. Those are the gamers. Those are the guys that. You know, at the end of the season, you look at the statistics and you go, holy cow, this kid hit 290. You know, he drove in, you know, in a summer season, he drove in 20-something runs. He, you know, he stole bases. He, he, he His defensive numbers were great. But he's unassuming, you yeah. know. And yeah, he, he just he's just a baseball player. Yeah, getting off the bus, he, right. you know, he doesn't surprise you. He's not, you yeah. know, 6'5 and all this kind of stuff. He's just yeah. average-looking kid. But, man, he gets out there and he finds a way, you know, two two yeah. out hits and, you know, make, making a making a tough play to, to end an inning to, to get you back in the dugout. Yeah. You know, just different things like that that you see. And, and you know, some of those big horses that are just, you know, the thoroughbreds, you know, if you yeah. will. You know, they go out there and, you know, they look fantastic one yeah. game. And then they come back and they, they, you know, they only feel 90% the next game. And they can't grind through it. They can't, they, they can't figure out how to get through it without being, feeling perfect. Right. Well, the Pete Snopley had one kid, Josh Baez. Yeah. Holy cow. <clears throat> This is, I mean, if, if, you, if you had to go through that whole group of kids this past week, the, the 15s and the 16s, and say, okay, who's, you know, who would you draft 1-1 out of everybody in this pool? It would be that kid. Yeah. And I, I could see that kid being a first rounder. I mean, he had to be 6'3", 6'4", 190, chiseled, man. You know, spitting on breaking balls, good breaking balls from, mm-hmm. from, you know, that with two strikes, like not chasing – and then just turning on fastballs with two strikes. And he was on the bump. I don't think you were there. I didn't see him on yeah, the bump. He was bump. low 90s on the bump. Good good breaking ball. Yeah. And he wants to, you know, he's from New York and he wants to go to Michigan. So That's what Jeter did. No, Jeter was from Michigan, wasn't he? What? He yeah. went to Michigan, though. And he's a, he's a New, New York, York kid. Yeah. He's a New York kid. And he's like, hey, Jeter went to Michigan. <clears> yeah. That's what I need to that's go. What he, well, yeah, Jeter never got to Michigan. And there's that 15 year kid that was taking balls off the wall in the stadium. Yeah. In the championship game. Oh, dude, that big, the, yeah, the big good, left-handed donkey yeah. that hit one off the wall in the uh, for the uh, what was the south northwest northwest yeah man turn the, the wind around turn the wind around I've ne- like I've said all the years that I've been going down there I've never seen anybody in a game go yard this kid hit the yellow stripe in right field with the with the wind blowing in from the storm straight in and it just cut you know it was one of those balls like okay that's going to die and the kid's going to get underneath it and it just kept going and going and going so that was legit yeah. you know I, there was a kid kid hit a bomb against us a 15 new cat out of the north he went, yeah yeah was, oh he was went, it a big lefty no righty oh i mean he, yeah he went he went Tree tops. Yeah, he went way over the fence. <laughs> what field too. were you on? We were on two. On two, okay. So left field, yeah. there would have been right field on, yeah. your, on the yeah. on the stadium field. Yeah. So I he mean, turned the wind around too. Oh man, he mashed that thing. It was it was it was actually a little shocking because you know you don't you know anything that's more than like a kind of a routine fly ball yeah. is, is 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 a pretty good poke. And I mean, he hit this thing, and I I hadn't seen one go out of there in three or four years. I was shocked. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it's fun. So some so some. Just you know, like you said, it was a mixed bag. And I don't, I don't think there was any. If there were any kids there that you had to go, like, just doesn't belong here. You know, it was minimal. 
you know, but you had kids there, like we were talking about grinders, competitors, kids that showed well enough in a regional to say, okay, you're going to help this team be, you know, what it is. And again, you're going there for the experience. And, and you know, and a lot of the, the task force was almost all college coaches. Mm-hmm. And we had Tyler Hansen from Virginia Tech in our dugout, um, which was pretty Coach cool. Coach Goodwin from Grambling was there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there was a, there was a there was a solid task force, and I, I I did appreciate the way they came up and talked to us about the players too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's not like I know every single player you know intimately or anything like that, but I've got a better feel coming in than they do. Right, and so it was you know it. I always talk about this when we talk about recruiting. You know, pick pick guys' brains, man. Try to figure yeah. out try to figure out what they're seeing because you're not going to get to see a full. You know, full complement of it. No, it goes back to your point. Some of these guys are going to see a kid in a showcase and go ahead and, and bite on it, and he's not that player. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> he can get in trouble. I mean, it's – but it's, I guess I can, I can see as a recruiter, it's, it's, it's hard to build that network of people that you genuinely trust. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, and, we, and we're, we're very conscious of it because we're like, you know, we're not going to take a kid and stuff him in a place that he, he doesn't belong. Because, one, it's our reputation. Two, we got a slew more kids coming behind him, you know, for years to come. And if we have to make that phone call, we don't want the guy going. Well, you sent me garbage before. You know, why am I gonna Why am I gonna listen to you now? So you got to be uh, you got to be careful um, to how that's going. Yeah, no, I tell you what, and it's one of those. It's, it's kind of one of those funny things where every once in a while you see one of our our players or another player from the area get get grabbed by a school, and you're like. What? Yeah, yeah. And then you're just like, yeah. oh, just bite my lip here on this yeah. one. I didn't say anything, yeah. but yeah. whoa, they're gonna. Yeah. That's not gonna pan out. Nope. Yeah, we 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 see that more than just not seeing it. I you 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 see it more than you think you would, but yeah. I mean, part of it's just a product of 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 the time they get. I mean, August is is a blackout period for colleges, yeah. and there's a lot of baseball. That's going a on. Why why yeah. why, well, why is it blacked out? I think it's it's turned into a camp environment for them. But I I think what we wanted to talk to. Um, you know, to Ann and Ashley and the, and the group at USA Baseball is to move the 15s and 16s up. Get them the before the blackout period? Yeah, so, I mean, I know it's long because they've gone through the high school season and they've gone through their, you know, their summer travel showcase season. But if you grab them that first week, they're still somewhat fresh. They're still somewhat ready. But if you take them to the third week, some of these guys laid off mm-hmm. for a period of time. And now you're, and now unfortunately, you're butting up against the camps that they probably should be going to You're as banging well. up against the camps and then you're also, you can't, you can't get the, re, you can't, Unless you're on a task force or in the dugout, you can't be a D1 guy there. Mm-hmm. So you kind of lose that um, that appeal. So hopefully uh, that turns out. But um, we got a home play gala coming up, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, it's it's it'd be, just be proud of it because it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's, just, it's a good time. It's you know, a good time. I, I think we could say like, "Hey, we're giving Andrew an award this year for his one tool," and then it's still a party and everybody will show. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> you probably get more. Actually. Probably, yeah. Probably we probably get you, more. You do have a big following because they go around. They're like, "Andrew, one tool, one tool," and then we gave him the glove tool, and they're like, "Now you got two tools." So everybody's excited for Andrew's two tools. I, he's got a lot to earn though to get to the third. If there I is, do. If, I do. If there is one. But Next year for my birthday. Spirit of the Game Award this year going to go to Jack Leggett. Um, a great run in the game. He's actually with our 18U national team right now as the manager of that, uh, uh, the USA national team. Um, I don't know how many years, 20 years, something like that, 19 years at Clemson. And if you look, we talked about it last week, it, It's you look at his um, his coaching tree, 
You know, he's got some. He's got some stuff. You know, Reginus is right down the road here. He was there. Uh, we saw Ben Hall at um, in Cary on the task force. He's from. He came underneath that one. But there's almost like forty guys that are in the coaching ranks, and a lot of them at D one levels or head coaching. That uh, you know, pro ball guys too. <clears throat> pro ball guys. He's got a lot of pro ball guys. Um, you know, it's interesting because you think about coaching and you go, oh, wins and losses and all that stuff. And in reality, we, you know, we probably all get into the game for those reasons, so the competitive side. But when you start to look back, it's more its more how many how many lives have you affected. I think that coaching tree is more impressive than, than you know, all of his It's way more impressive because if know. you're talking about 40 coaches, each one of those coaches yeah. has a, a, sure. 25 players underneath yep. them. For X amount of years, I mean, you touch a lot of people by by putting those coaching trees together. I text um, Dan Pepicelli from Cornell um, just to tell him that you know we were doing that. He he wants to come down, nice. and uh, you know, so he's another one. He's up at Cornell, you know. So I mean, it's it's pretty extensive. It's 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 a good time. And then we're gonna have we're gonna do something different this year. At the end of the night, we're gonna have Sonic Rewind there. So there'll be a '70s and '80s rock band. So when we're done with all the ceremonies and all the black tie and. You know, then we're gonna go and uh, we're gonna let them open up on everybody. You need to bring your daughter, Tori, the nurse. Yeah, just in case. That. Yeah, some guys that could drop right there. Watch. Yeah, it's like watching you guys try to do stuff. It's like a, it's like an ER. Four hundred seven seven. Yeah, we'll get. There'll be some wounded warriors in there, no doubt about it. And then when that's done, so we're done probably about eleven thirty, twelve o'clock out of the uh, the ballroom. Then it just migrates down the hall to the bar. But you're usually gone by then. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're whipped. You no, got, you got, you're whipped. You got to go home. Anna's bedtime is is, is, a, is, a, is a strict nine o'clock. Yeah, and uh, there's hell to pay if she's not in. in uh, yeah, she doesn't get her rest in bed by nine o'clock. So, yeah, yeah, you've learned. See, that's why this marriage will last forever. <laughs> it takes most of us two. Get 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 through the first one and the second one. You're like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. You know, I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I should be doing. So yeah, then we have uh, Francis Crockett. Um, who's one of the first women in professional baseball and is part of the baseball Charlotte community. She's, you know, she's royalty around here. She's the first lady of Charlotte baseball. We're, I'm excited. I, I got here in 82 and spent 82, 83, 84, part of 85 um, here in Charlotte with the, uh, with the Charlotte O's. And it was phenomenal. It's one of the reasons I stayed here because of, you know, Francis and then, and Lib, uh, Mike Schilt's mom, um, you know, just 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 kept me around. It was it was it was different from New York when you walked. I, I I used to tell my wife when we first got here to Charlotte, and everybody was so nice. And then being in New York, I'm like, I, I go home and tell my wife like these people want something. You know, I don't I don't trust any of them. They're way too nice. Nobody's this nice in New York. Um, and then we got uh, so my so my former teammate Mark Chiardi, who is the executive movie producer, pitching the big leagues with Milwaukee a little bit. Um, executive movie producer did. Miracle on Ice, did The Rookie, Invincible, Secretariat, McFarlane, USA, Golden Arm, um, and Chappaquiddick. He did Chappaquiddick as well. So he was supposed to be here last year, but his house was in the fires out in Malibu. And he had to stay by his house because he thought it was going to get torched. So uh, he called us about 3 in the morning and said he couldn't make it. But he's coming this year. Uh, a bunch of my, my Terp teammates that, you know, are not normal. They're not, the yeah, they're, they're, they're not normal. You know what? The, it's... The, the, if you would have looked at those guys in college and said they would have been as successful as they are, you would like no way, prison, you know, no doubt, prison. <laughs> <laughs> and here they come; they're all they're all doing well. So, um, let's. Hey, Pete. So his, this is this Sinopoli on Saturday comes up to me and he goes, 
do you believe that, that we got a two o'clock start on getaway day? <laughs> he lives 15 minutes down yeah, the road. Know, right? It's like, yeah, you got to, what's wrong with you, man? Yeah, so, I got a yeah. three and a half hour drive. Whiny pitcher, a whiny pitcher. Oh, so, <clears throat> yeah. But, well, that's, that, that's, that was a good week, huh? It was, it was a good, a good, good three weeks, and yeah. now we're uh, we're back on the uh, we're back on the hamster wheel. Um, your mom's having surgery today, mm-hmm. so uh, good luck, Sue, with that. Um, you better be okay, because if not, we're closing the doors and we're done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're toast. <laughs> I might have to go like work for UPS or something, because I don't know what the heck's going on in that other office. I could I couldn't figure it out. Could you figure it out? Give me a year. Four years. It's taken her it. fourteen to get to the to get this thing mastered. So, yeah, it would be interesting. You might not get paid for a couple <clears throat> of weeks, not, John. Let's, let's, let's not plan on this. Let's not plan on. No, she'll be fine. She's she'll be fine. Um, but that's it. Now we'll look forward to uh, to next week. Now we we get going with our teams. Uh, team practice starts tonight. Team with practices our, get going. Yeah. We got to start laying out the yeah. the winter programs. Get yeah. those things in line and. Uh, everything's man I swear everything in this game is six months out like everything that we do inside right. this room here right. is six months from now is yep. what we're looking at it's like yep. it, I mean that, that part of it never ends yep. it never if you want to be successful in six months you it's like right now is when yep. you have to be taking care of that stuff but if you guys want to be part of the gala we you know it's it's, it's we got 300 seats and we fill up pretty quick if you want to be part of it um or, or just donate to You Deserve a Chance Foundation. To find out more about You Deserve a Chance Foundation, you're going to go to www.udacf.org. Um, form a bunch of former players just trying to do the right thing and uh, um, you know help kids out, help families out. And it's not just about baseball. It's, it's health and wellness. It's education. It's life skills and lessons. And there's a lot. And then on top of that, our, our Not Whole Project, uh, which is our other foundation, Rolling. Um, it's rolling. Field one should be done. Yeah. Well, the weather's kind of kicked Eddie back a little bit, but the weather should, uh, if the weather clears up, field one will be done and they'll be on to the collegiate field, and both those will be done this year. That's awesome. And um, looks like we're going to move forward on the vertical, so we'll have the whole stadium set up for uh, McDowell when he when Queens awesome. opens up, and you know we'll start our programming. But uh, it's it's going to be amazing. You saw the fields in carry. Our fields are going to look just like that. You know, they're going to be major league specs, and Roger Bossard came down from the Chicago White Sox to uh, to kind of oversee it. Um, Eddie kind of was mentored by him, and we got it going on, man. It's uh, we got we got a lot happening, but uh, we'd love to see everybody out at the gala that night. It's 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 a big event, and it's a lot of fun. It's baseball people hanging around, and you know everybody shows up. Like I say, everybody shows up all dressed up and looking pretty and nice. And by mm-hmm. the end of the night, it's you know bring in the paddy wagon, man, because <laughs> it gets rough. It turns into turns into Animal House, Roadhouse, Roadhouse. Yeah, it's well, Roadhouse. Well, does it? Dalton. <laughs> Name's Dalton. Dalton. Name's Dalton. <laughs> Who was the girl? Who was the, who was, she was beautiful. What was the girl in that movie with her? I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, Name didn't, didn't matter. matter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before before we sign off, All right. top five hottest teams in the MLB right now. Top five hottest teams in the MLB. Yep. Oh. Not record-wise, just who are the top five hottest. Who's right dangerous now? right now? Mm-hmm. Well, the Nationals and the Mets are both, uh, yeah. are both yeah. pretty scary right <clears> now. <throat> uh, Yankees are, I Yankees, think Yankees are yeah. going to just keep plugging away. And then outside of that, I mean, it's just a dogfight in the Central. Cardinals are rolling. Cardinals are Cardinals are looking 15 good. Fifteen out of the last eighteen. A, such a dog. It's only fight two and a half, too. though. Well, yeah, it's still only two and a half. That's going to be a dog fight. Milwaukee was in third place. Cubs were in second. They mm-hmm. built Milwaukee last night. They were two. Cubs and a half. are struggling. Yeah. Cubs are on a struggle. Listen, right you, I, you, it, I don't. I don't know if it's lack of talent in that division, 
I don't think so. I think I it's just think, a tough yeah. division. I, I think, think the top three teams are tough. Top three teams are tough. You know. And Cincinnati, Cincinnati, yeah. they're they're struggling a little bit right so now. Who can, who they've can been knock, better than they have been. Who can knock off the Dodgers? The Dyers. I, I think Dodgers. the Dodgers are the. I mean, you know, you get into a short series. And sure. If, Scherzer, if Scherzer's healthy and yeah. and you got Strasburg and Scherzer, you got to go yeah. against. Then then I mean, the, the Mets rotation, same deal. You get right. Syndergaard and Degrom up there. It's like, you know, anything can happen in those short series. But yeah, uh, I hate even saying the word Mets. I, I got Cardinals one in the NL. Got to go with you're a fan. Stop it. Hey, yeah, you had a locker with Mark McGuire and pictures of him in it. Yeah, (laughs) and then you got to sit there. You should have seen him. He was like a little. He was like a little boy. You know, he's like, hey, chief, will you go get these autographs for me? I'm like, hell no, you go. You go. You know what's funny? This is a funny story. This is kind of funny. Um, When we when we would play our our version of wiffle ball when we were kids, it was tape ball. It was it was Sheffield. You know, when you went up to the plate, you tried right, to hit like Sheffield. McGuire was the other one you mm-hmm. tried to hit like. And then my buddy, who was like kind of brutal at it or whatever, he'd always we'd always say that he was Greg Gagne. <laughs> and so I was, I would buddy my, Bianca Lana. <laughs> I, I told my, I told my, we were talking to my buddies, and I was like, yeah, I, you know, I met Sheffield last week. I met McGuire this week. I was like, if I meet Greg Gagne, that's like the holy trinity of like oh. my childhood. <laughs> it, it will not get any better than to run in the door. Of your backyard career. That's outstanding. So, Well, we appreciate everybody listening to, uh, to number 61. And uh, we will be back at it again next week. Appreciate it. One more time. www.udacf.org. Uh, a bunch of former players trying to do the right thing um, for the underserved community. So uh, check that out. And check us out again next week. We appreciate it. And peace out. Come on.